0: You're listening to the Broncos Audio Zone.
1: Hello and thank you for joining us here on the Neutral Zone. I am Phil Milani, joined as always by my trusty sidekick, my partner in crime, really my everything,
0: at Eric DeLala. Feel I've been gone for a few days, and I missed you.
1: I missed you a lot this week.
0: But now we're reunited, and it feels it feels nice.
1: Uh, we should let everyone know that uh, our Rs and our As were spread all across the country,
0: the world this really. Week.
1: Uh, reporter Eric Dalalo was down in Mobile for the Senior Bowl. Uh, artist Ben Swanson was uh, at the Pro Bowl we'll check in with him a little bit later but uh, Eric your returned from Mobile uh, you had a chance to see some of the top seniors from all of college football but before we get into that you had a chance to uh, catch up with John Elway.
0: I did Phil you know when you go down to a place like Mobile with the sprawling oak trees the nice the nice old southern roads I feel right at home and in the I south was, yeah yeah so I was I was on my game there uh I talked with him, Denver Post talked to him, Steve Alwadar talked to him, that was it. So pretty, got some exclusive stuff from John Elway. Um, He talked a lot about Pat Shermer and what he would bring to the Broncos offense. I think the main kind of takeaway there was that there is some carryover from what Drew Locke did this past year to what Shermer is able to implement, and I think that was a big reason for them feeling comfortable in making the move. Uh, You know, Shermer's got a lot of experience, his offenses have performed well, um, so I think that's big for Drew. And I think it sounds like they expect some, you know, more success, obviously. He, he didn't have bad things to say about Rich Gangarello. It just sounded like they felt. They kind of maxed out what they were able to get with that offense.
1: I saw him say something like, uh, the bottom line is we just got to find a way to score more points. And uh, it doesn't matter how they get there, but they just got to score more points. And they felt like maybe with Pat Shermer being available, this was a good opportunity to make a change.
0: Yeah, exactly. And, you know, you point to his experience, uh, 21 years in the NFL, last 11 as either a head coach or as a coordinator. Last six seasons, his offenses have ranked in the top twenty in scoring. And we've talked before, Phil, is even if you can get up to that, you know that next level. Even if you're not a top five offense, that could be enough for a seven and nine team to become nine and seven, ten and six. So, those are big things. But I do think they were they wanted Drew to be comfortable. And John talked more about Drew and said, "Hey, he's just got to continue to play. And when he does that, he'll be in good shape moving forward."
1: And one of the things that we heard from John Elway at the end of the season, he said something like, it looks like I have no other options here besides going with Drew Locke. Did it seem like he's more behind Drew now that, you know, uh, maybe in this conversation you had with him?
0: Yeah, and I think some of that was just the, the wording. I think he was trying to be funny, and, it, it you know, maybe it didn't come out right when it was typed up and, and sent out. But, um, uh, yeah, it sounds like they're comfortable with Drew. They liked what he did at the end of the season. They like what Shermer can bring uh, and help him. You know, he's worked with young quarterbacks before. Daniel Jones this year threw for 3,000 yards and 24 touchdowns as a rookie. Uh, He's worked with Case Keenum in Minnesota. So some history there that I think should help Drew Locke. And I think the good thing is they're going to continue to add pieces. They always sounded confident that Sherman will find a way to involve Andy Janovich, um, which I know we had talked last week, Phil, about how is that going to be possible. But um, he he sounded reassured about that. So that's kind of where John stood on on the uh, the offense, the other big thing I thought was he said no decision yet on whether they're going to pick up Garrett Bowles' fifth-year option.
1: Yeah, that was interesting to me too because uh, earlier he had said, you know, like Garrett was getting better and we saw a lot of improvement and all of the words that he was using were encouraging about Bowles' development. But then when he was put on the spot about, hey, are you picking up his option, he said, we're going to wait on that.
0: Yeah, and I think I couldn't get a good tell one way or another. Um, which way they were leaning? I think it was more of, hey, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna see how free agency goes. We're gonna see how the draft goes, because um, I believe they have all the way till May thirtieth, if, if I'm remembering that correctly, to make that decision. And so, w- why really rush it if you don't have to? You know?
1: Yeah. No, I definitely think so. I mean, uh, there's no, there's no need to. Uh confirm that you're going to do that now I will say if it was an easy decision like if it was black and white he would have said okay yeah of course we are but this is more telling just the fact that you know we're still evaluating this situation
0: of course yeah and maybe you're in a situation where in the draft a top tackle falls you have 15 that you don't expect and you know you end up with some other options maybe you move garrett inside or he becomes a swing tackle in which case you say well maybe we don't need to pick up the option but maybe he continues to progress through the offseason program they will have some practices before they have to make that decision but if i had to guess right now phil i would guess they would not pick up that fifth year option
1: yeah and just sort of see what happens this year and then go from there because i just because you don't pick up that fifth-year option doesn't mean that you necessarily need to get rid of them at the end of the year. Maybe you just want to see, look, we want to continue to see how you develop.
0: Of course, yeah. Um, a, a couple other notes from there. He said Philip Lindsay should be completely fine um, by OTAs. He, he underwent a little cleanup surgery on that wrist that he hurt back at the end of the 2018 season. Said Jawan James shouldn't need surgery uh, to fix his knee. And of course, he only played in two games this year. And then uh, he said Bradley Chubb looked great. He was kind of joking with Bradley toward the end of last season. Hey, can you come back this year? Uh, So they expect him to be ready to go maybe as early as the off season program when they start lifting in April.
1: Wow, that's really encouraging to hear about Bradley Chubb because you know we've seen him around the building, you know, doing rehab and you know uh, working every single day. He's staying here throughout the off season and um, he's sort of a forgotten player from last year, really. And uh, we've talked about it here on the Neutral Zone that like they're, they're going to add a bunch of players in the draft this year, but they're also getting the number five overall pick back.
0: Yeah, absolutely. He's kind of, he's an added draft pick in some ways. Bryce Callahan and Jawan James, you could view them as like extra free agents because they never really played this year. And then with all the picks that the Broncos have, you know, you've got, f- I think, five picks in the first three rounds, seven in the first four. Uh, John was talking about how much capital they have, and they, they haven't quite explored yet what they want to do with it, but He also expects, he said, three compensatory picks somewhere in the draft. So they'll have the ammo to move up if they want it. Say you're in the second round and – uh, you want to move back up into the first to get a second guy. It, it sounds like they'll have plenty of draft picks to make that happen.
1: Uh, this is going to be a very important couple next couple of months here for the Broncos as they get prepared for a, a crucial draft, in my opinion, just because they, they're going to be able to add in a lot of talent if they cho- choose their picks properly. And In the past, the Broncos have had a lot of success picking players from the Senior Bowl. Just over the last couple of years, you're talking about guys like Drew Locke, uh, Dalton Reisner. Uh, the year before that, uh, Deshaun Hamilton, Isaac Yottam. Uh, Troy Fumagalli. Of, Troy Fumagalli was there, too. Uh, any of those guys, when you were down there, anybody pop off the page, Always say anything about some of the prospects?
0: Well, I think his his main point was that there's a couple first-round guys down there, and uh, Javon Kinlaw, who we'll talk about in a second, was one of those guys, obviously. But he said, for the most part, you're seeing guys that can be great second, third, fourth, fifth round picks, kind of the meat of the draft where, you know, if you hit on your first round pick, that's great, but you really want to have a good success rate there in the middle because when you stack draft classes, you know, the Broncos have stacked two now. If you stack a third one, you've got a tremendous core of probably, you know, 25 to 30 players that are young on rookie contracts, and that's when you really take big steps. But, um, yeah, he didn't didn't talk too much about specific groups. He said he thought, you know, we, we asked him, hey, the wide receiver group is supposed to be deep this year. And he said, there's always a lot of wide receivers. We'll, we'll figure out uh, how that goes. This is kind of an initial look for them to see uh, where things go because we've still got the combine. We've got all these pro days. Uh, still, it doesn't feel like it. Uh, I guess it does feel like it's a long time till the draft and you've got you know several more hurdles to cross, I guess.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think that this is a really outstanding group of wide receivers, but the majority of them are all juniors uh, coming out of college early, so they're obviously not down there in Mobile. Um, there are a couple of wide receivers that I know that uh, Steve Atwater mentioned. Uh, you could check out his breakdowns on DenverBroncos.com. Uh, he highlighted a couple of wide receivers that he was really intrigued by, but uh, you mentioned Kinlaw there, Erica. Uh, it seemed like his name was buzzing all throughout uh, the couple of days that he was down there.
0: Yeah, South Carolina guy. He kind of plays that three technique on the defensive line. Just a, you know, he's a big guy, and uh, I think people were impressed with his speed. I think he said something like he thinks he can be better than Aaron Donald, um, and so yeah, he caused some buzz he was one of the guys that talked the first night at the senior bowl and those that's kind of how the you know like, exactly I mean Drew Locke talked uh, the first night of the senior bowl back last year and so yeah Kinlaw could be could be an option I know I've seen at least one mock draft with someone saying he could fall to the Broncos at 15. Uh, it's hard to tell though at this point how all that uh, pans out. One guy that I talked to Phil down there was Logan Wilson who's a linebacker from Wyoming and um, Maybe if we've got some, some Cowboy fans, they've yeah. heard of Logan, but...
1: Uh, Wyoming Cowboys. Exactly. Not Dallas Cowboys. Why would they
0: be listening to this?
1: Maybe they're just trying to get any kind of insight. Intel, Intel yeah. What did, they what did Elway say?
0: Yeah. Um, but Logan Wilson, he was a finalist uh, for the top linebacker in the country. Only finalist who didn't go to a Power 5 school. And so I thought that was uh, kind of spoke to his game. He was a second-team All-American um, and grew up a Broncos fan, so that, that's kind of cool. He, I asked him. I said, Dalton Reisner last year ran up to John Elway and said, "Hey, John, I'm a big fan. Like, come draft me." And he said, "I'm not. I'm not going to do that."
1: <laughs> I think da- Dalton also uh, recently said something. I was born to play for the Denver Broncos. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't go that far,
0: but he said he watched Champ Bailey growing up. And uh, I talked to him in particular because I know with linebackers, the first thing I think is, can you cover? You know, can you yeah. cover running backs? Can in you cover tight league, ends? Yeah. He said he played safety and cornerback in high school and uh you know had done a lot of zone coverage at wyoming so he tried to he wanted to prove this week that he could play man in the senior bowl but maybe he's a he's a guy in the later rounds that you could uh could snag
1: yeah And so uh, it sounds like it was a good week down there in Mobile. Uh, John said something about how it's just interesting when you watch these guys on tape, but then when you're actually there in person, you get a better feel for uh, what they're like. I mean, uh, did you get the sense that, you know, it seemed like the entire NFL world was in Mobile? Oh, man, everyone's
0: there. I mean, uh, John Elway was standing there talking to John Lynch. During uh, one of the practices, Adam Peters, who used to work for the Broncos, was now with the 49ers, was down They're busy there. Busy
1: getting ready for the Super Bowl, too. Exactly.
0: Hey, Yeah, biz- busy week for – we talked to John Lynch briefly. He's going to have quite the week next week because he'll be up for a Hall of Fame induction and his team will be there for the Super Bowl. He said they, it's nice that they kind of distract from each other, but uh, one thing he has no control over and the other thing at least a little bit, you know. Yeah, exactly. No control over the Super Bowl. (laughs) Right. Yes. The Hall of Fame, you can make it
1: happen. Exactly. (laughs) Um,
0: But, no, yeah, I mean, you've got Mike Mayock, the GM from the Raiders. Of course, the Lions and the Bengals were coaching the game, so you got those guys down there. But, yeah, it's kind of a who's who down in Mobile, and it's always interesting to uh, see how the NFL, like, seemingly takes over these small towns for a week.
1: Yeah, that's really cool. Uh, I guess one uh, thing I was wondering about is the game is uh, tomorrow on Saturday. Uh Uh-huh. So why are you already back? Can you explain that to uh,
0: maybe some of our listeners? So the the practices, Phil, are kind of really where you get the best evaluation. A lot of these GMs, coaches, they're gone too. You know, the scouts, you saw a lot of scouts leaving the Mobile Airport uh, Thursday morning. I'm guessing the Mobile Airport is rarely as busy as it is during Senior Bowl <laughs> yeah, week. Yeah, it's buzzing, huh? Um, but during those practices you get a lot of, you get one-on-one drills. It's not like a it's not like a Broncos practice that you and I might watch where, you know, you're doing a little bit of team, but it's mostly individual and walkthrough. They stretch, and then they go right into it. We, you've got wide receivers on DBs for a while. You've got offensive linemen versus defensive linemen, you know, full speed. Then you've got team drills where you can see, say, Justin Herbert, the quarterback from Oregon, How's he look in a live situation? And it's just you get way more reps, and then when you actually get to the game, Herbert might play one series.
1: Yeah, exactly. I remember uh, when the Broncos coaching staff was uh, coaching it, Baker Mayfield. I'm pretty sure left at halftime on a helicopter. On a helicopter, yeah. yeah. He just, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think he played.
0: Enough. He he only played like two series or something series, like yeah. that, and he was like, I'm out of here. I did what I I did what I came to do, and it worked. He was and taking I'm, number one. So.
1: I, I believe uh, Kinlaw already left too. Like he was just there for a couple days of practice.
0: Yeah, I don't know if he left, but he, he's definitely said he's not playing. Yeah, he has some Saturday. It is neat. And, and, yeah, you know, you've got some guys. Uh, IUK, I know Steve Atwater talked to him, a wide receiver from Arizona State. I don't think he participated at all this week, but he was down there to kinda, meetings, there's exactly kind of – Meetings. Exactly. there's stuff. Part of it is how quick do you pick up, an, you know, a, a dumbed-down NFL offense that they try to install for this week, um, you know, meetings with different scouts, start to build those relationships. So it is – an important starting point, but it's just that. I mean, nobody's making any final decisions based on this week.
1: And it is nice that uh, some of the teams that finished with a poor record can uh, have an opportunity to coach there. I mean, the San Francisco 49ers, last year they were coaching one of the teams down there in Mobile. This year they're playing in the Super Bowl.
0: So Lions-Bengals, Super Bowl 55.
1: Yeah, Get ready. Get ready. Uh, Eric, uh, last thing about the uh, Senior Bowl here. The most important thing, really, the oysters. Exactly. Did you? Uh, were you able to partake in some of the local establishments? Oh,
0: I did. Um, some good barbecue down in Mobile, Alabama. Mm. Um, I tried a, you know, a, a long, uh, standing establishment there. You know, you walk in, there's smoke in the air from the, you know, from the cigarettes. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh huh. Yeah. You, but you walk out of there smelling like pork. Tremendous. That's what you want. And then I found a. Uh, a new one, I think it was Cotton State Barbecue, um, mm. only kind of tucked away, really quaint. Good sweet tea, you know. Barbecue, Southern. barbecue. When you evaluate it, it's partially about the meat, but it's also how are the sides? How's the sweet tea? Oh, yeah. You need the whole experience. Mac and cheese, exactly. And so I Beans. thought the I thought the sides at this Cotton State Barbecue were tremendous, and then uh, this more the long-standing one in Mobile. Uh, forgetting the name, but you Wetzel's. Know,
1: you went there though for oysters. Wetzel's. Oh my Winsels. gosh.
0: Yeah, I didn't get any uh, raw oysters, which I, you know, I normally do. Just go back. I got the. Okay. Uh, you know, I, I'm trying to charred or, or yeah, something. Yeah, charred like. uh, on the half shell there. Exactly, and nice. you know, it had some uh, some lemons, some parmesan, some garlic. Did you make it to veets No Vets. Oh, I didn't. I didn't make it to Vets. That's
1: where everything goes down in Mobile.
0: That's true. Vietz. Uh, Yeah, a local dive bar, you could say. Yeah. Um, That's where everybody. Yeah, uh, it's where the the who's who of Mobile gathers. You know, I was sent there. I was sent down there by myself, kind of. Got it. I know. You know, and so.
1: Uh, A lone R. You're kind of like James Bond of ours. I
0: felt like it was okay to sit alone at Winsoul's or at this barbecue place yeah. and, you know, enjoy a nice uh, adult beverage. Dive
1: bar, though, maybe not so much, huh? I,
0: I don't think you want to be the guy alone in the corner at Vets Got it. Got it. Maybe you do. Yeah, maybe.
1: Uh, well, you can read all of uh, Eric's tremendous work on DenverBroncos.com or on the uh, Broncos mobile app, Broncos uh, 365. Right, a lot of stuff there.
0: Also, that's how uh, many millions of people read it. <laughs> Three hundred sixty-five million. million. Yeah, we got we got one more story coming on a Colorado linebacker oh. um, that'll be up either today or tomorrow, depending nice. on you know when I write maybe, it
1: and when you're listening to this, maybe exactly. Yeah,
0: um, so check it but out. Uh, interesting story about a he didn't play high school football because of religious reasons. And then went to a junior college, started playing football. Once he turned eighteen, exactly, he could make his own decision. Exactly, went to a junior college, started playing football, and then arrived at CU and is now trying to make it in the NFL. So kind wow. of
1: wow, an underdog story, if you will. Exactly, that's kind of cool. Yeah. Huh. So you have to read more about that uh, on the website,
0: DenverBroncos.com.
1: Well, uh, uh, Eric was not the only one uh, sent to the Southern United States. Uh, our resident. Uh, R, reporter, and also uh, A for artist, Ben Swanson. uh, Not with us here at the Broncos facility right now, uh, down in Orlando, uh, painting some stuff. Uh, Had a chance to catch up with him over the phone. The first couple days here were were pretty cold. I think at
2: one point it was colder here in Orlando than it was in Denver. I mean, you have to factor in the the two-hour time difference, so it was at night here. But still, uh, it was pretty cold. Down in the 30s, I think it was pretty unusual.
1: I saw the uh, National Weather Service was warning people about iguanas falling from trees.
2: Yeah, I guess so. You know, since they're cold-blooded, I guess when it gets that cold, they kind of freeze up. They they don't
1: die. They just freeze up, and then they just fall off the trees. Oh, gosh. And and once
2: it warms up, they're fine.
1: So you haven't seen that, though?
2: I have not seen any frozen iguanas, and now it's starting to warm up, so I think my
1: window to see it was over. Dang. What do you think? you think the Pro Bowl should be back in Hawaii, or do you like it down there in Orlando? <laughs> for
2: selfish reasons, <laughs> I would love for it to be in Hawaii, and I'd love to uh, continue covering the Pro Bowl <laughs> when it goes back to Hawaii, hopefully at some point. Um, I will say that an element of it being in Orlando for a lot of guys that they like is being able to bring their families out here and go to the theme parks. That's a that's a very big deal for some of them to be able to kind of have that family time. Yeah. Uh, for guy for younger guys who don't have families out here, maybe that, that's less of a draw. But uh, you know, Orlando's still a big enough city that there's stuff to do. And you know, like, like a guy like Carlos son Ike's theme park. So he's a uh, uh, from, as I understand it, he's going to go up down to one of the one of the theme
1: Harry, parks. And Harry Potter world. So,
2: if he's going, I hope he takes me. I, I want to
1: go. <laughs> uh, now, Cortland Sutton, he brought his family, right?
2: Um, I'm not completely sure. I think there's, there might be uh, some folks, but uh, he did bring his dog Brody, which uh, I'm that's... really excited <laughs>
1: about. Yeah, that's family. That is family. That is family. I thought you were talking about human members. No, I'm talking about the furry but... ones. The furry ones.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's got a Cocker Spaniel named Brody, and uh, he apparently came on the trip with him. And we're hoping, to, we're hoping to meet up with Brody at some point here soon. We're, we're going to try and do a little video for uh, the Broncos social channels. and the, So keep your eyes peeled on, on the old Twitter. Hopefully we'll have that uh, this week.
1: Dog dads. Is that what it's called? <laughs> <laughs> dog. Well, there's only one dog dad we're fo- focusing oh, on. Oh, got it. So got it. We'll, we'll leave the dog dads plural feature to you, Phil. Oh, thank you very much. That's a long-standing idea that I've had to follow Broncos and their and how they – are dads to their dogs, but that's for a different conversation. Apparently, one of the
2: uh, one of his teammates at, at the Pro Bowl on the AFC team—I can't remember who—when uh, he was told that Corland brought his dog, he's like, "I've got a cat. Hey, why can't I bring him down here?"
1: <laughs> yeah, what did Brody fit in the plane? How do you? How did he get down there?
2: Oh, uh, I'm not sure. I haven't. I haven't uh, finished doing my reporting on this story. So.
1: Got it. But have you <laughs> was- finished the painting?
2: Yeah, the artist. Um, you know, I'm not
1: great at, at animal portraits. Oh, so we it's it to to <laughs> now, Cortland, he wasn't uh, too thrilled when he was just a Pro Bowl alternate, but, you know, he got the nod. You know, DeAndre Hopkins not down there. Tyreek Hill obviously not down there. But does it seem like Cortland's having fun or what? Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, you can look back to that,
2: that presser after they announced the, the Pro Bowl selection and he kept saying it is what it is. It seems like he was a little disappointed, a little frustrated. And and you kind of wonder, like, well, is that going to carry over if he's an alternate and he gets picked? Is he going to be so frustrated that he doesn't want to go because of that? Like, because he wasn't the first team selection? But that hasn't been the case here. He's been really excited to be down here and, and meeting all these guys. I think once you get down here, you realize you know what kind of company you're in. And and you realize that, yeah, you might be an alternate, but your teammates around you know who you are. They recognize that you're a Pro Bowl caliber player. Like on the first day of practice, um, we were on the field, and Derrick Henry comes up, up
1: to him. King Derrick Henry? Henry says, King Henry? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. He comes up to him and he says, "Hey, man, what's up?" And Cortland like you
2: know extends his hand to shake hands and says, uh, "Hey, I'm Cortland's son." Derek Henry says, "I know who you are. <laughs> like, <laughs> you don't have to Jeez. do that here, like you know." So I think he like he's beginning to see that like this is you know it doesn't matter if you're an alternate or not. Like your peers recognize the caliber of player you are, and that's all ultimately that really matters. So- he's having a blast. At it. You know, he's been signing autographs for a long period of time at each practice. I think he's really enjoying
1: himself here. Yeah, that's cool. Like, So it kind of feels like maybe Sutton has finally made it, you know, quote-unquote. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I would like to see him get some more pra- uh, passes in practice. That's my only ah, thing. got it. I want to see it. He had some nice one-handed catches the first day in practice.
1: You got to talk to uh, Lamar Jackson. <laughs> I think he
2: did. I can't remember. I think he did throw one of those. But just be, uh, keep your eyes peeled if, if they line him up. And it seems like they might throw like a, a corner out or something in the red zone. I think that he'll be a great uh, option
1: there. Oh, are you giving away the secrets from practice?
2: Hey, if you're going up against Corlin Sutton in the red zone, you got to know that's an
1: option. You're toast anyway, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't <laughs> even try. Just let him score. What, uh, what's going on with Bob Miller? Like He's been down there, what, for his 15th, 16th time now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it feels
2: like it it's his eighth time um he's definitely one of the one of the senior like players especially on the defensive side you know some of these quarterbacks are in here like so much that like you you kind of like take it for granted I guess that they're like these players are so good that they're here every year but on the defensive side Vaughn is by my count, he's the most, uh, he's got the most pro Bowls of any defensive player. Yeah. Geno Atkins is tied with him with eight, but yeah, he's really embraced that role too. I mean, I've seen him taking, uh, some of the younger pass rushers aside on the AFC team, like during practice. Sure. But like walking on the way, like on the, on the sidewalk like on the way to practice. During the Pro Bowl Skills Challenge, he was uh, he was helping out one of uh, I think his name is Matt Judon. He's a pass rusher for the for the Ravens, I believe. You know, just during a break in that kind of fun action, he's over there like you know doing his thing, like showing them like how you you know how he dips around like a, a tackle or something. You know, I'm I'm no
1: technician with with pass rusher placement. But, yeah. <laughs>
2: But it's just cool that he's, like, still taking on that role. Because, I mean, we've seen that with his pass rush summit, right? Yeah. Like, he likes having this role. He likes passing on the information to people. And uh, he's been doing that, and they really have embraced it. I talked to a bunch of the guys. I talked to TJ Watt, Josh Allen of, of the uh, Jaguars, not not the Bills.
1: Yeah, different Josh Allen.
2: Yeah. Uh, T.J. Watt said he's one of the best to rush the passer. He'll be in the Hall of Fame one day. Uh, Josh Allen uh, said he's the only guy here that has over 100 sacks besides Bruce Smith, who is one of the uh, one of the
1: captains. You know, retired player coaches. captains. Yeah. Yeah. So they clearly look up to this guy. Like
2: that kind of career, eight Pro Bowls, uh, a bunch of All Pros. Super Bowl MVP,
1: obviously. Like, that's the career they want. Yeah. And so to get that
2: experience with them, they're really kind of starstruck by it.
1: It's got to be kind of like how Sutton, it's his first time there meeting, you know, guys like Derrick Henry. The opposite is probably true for some of the younger guys, meeting Vaughn Miller. Yeah, yeah. No, I definitely agree with that. I would,
2: I don't think the offensive, you know, I'm not sure any players like kind of do it like how Vaughn does it. Like, was so hands-on. Like, they might be talk- like talking to themselves, but I haven't really seen, like, Cortland
1: and... Uh, Keenan like, Allen. Yeah, or Jarvis Landry or something, like, trading tips on getting off the line or getting out of their breaks or anything like that. But yeah. maybe maybe the pass-rushing position is just a little bit different that way. Well, and uh, Vaughn's a little bit different, too, because he doesn't care about giving away secrets or whatever, you know?
2: Yeah, he, he kind of talked about that after practice on uh, on Thursday. He says, I can, uh, just because I can give you the information doesn't mean you'll be able to do it. Yeah. So you, you really you still have to apply yourself. He feels just like this
1: responsibility, this duty to, like, pass it to the forward. Game, yeah. To, yeah. Like to pass on this kind of information
2: because guys like Demarcus Ware or, uh, Elvis Dumerville did the same for him when he was younger.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. I'm glad that he's doing that. A uh, pretty cool deal. Uh, you got a story then coming for DenverBroncos.com.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It'll be, um, probably posted a Friday morning. So, gotcha. uh, I would assume this podcast, uh, will be up by then. So um,
1: yeah. hopefully the story will be up by then. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, but yeah, yeah, we got some, we got some cool
2: stuff coming out. Um, from, from down here in
1: Orlando. You full transparency, we're recording this on a Thursday night. Uh, Swanson's probably had a few Mai Tais or something down there, right? <laughs> Margaritas?
2: No, <laughs> oh, okay. not tonight.
1: Got it, got it. Uh, and you guys have been putting GoPros on players and stuff down there too? Yeah, yeah, you know,
2: it's kind of like a – it's just such a loose vibe down here at the Pro Bowl. You know, the season's over, there's no pressure, the practices are pretty short and light, you know, no one wants to get hurt or anything, so, you know, the guys are open to doing just about whatever, and it's not like there's trade secrets here, Yeah.
1: Uh,
2: at least as far as game plan or anything like that, so, you know, before the practice, we just stop and throw on uh, a chest-mounted GoPro, and that way you feel like you're right there, like, like you're Vaughn, or you're yeah. in the middle of the action, you're you're with you know courtland and you're catching the passes and you're talking to these guys or you know hearing them say stuff so you know it's a cool behind the scenes look that you don't normally get
1: yeah and those are up on uh, denverbroncos.com and then also the broncos official youtube page so make sure to check those out pretty cool behind the scenes access uh swanson uh last one for you here uh how are you supervising the podcast from down there <laughs>
2: well so you and I have been talking on the phone multiple times each day.
1: Yeah, that's so true.
2: I feel like that's kind of, that's how I'm supervising, you know, I, I would have loved to have been able to do, you know, some of our uh, voicemails or emails, um, but with just the format of all of us being in different places this week, it, it didn't really work out. But, you know, I, I hope our, our listeners still reach out. You know, they're welcome to call uh, 707-NEUTRAL and leave us a voicemail or to, you know, send us a note, send us uh, an email at neutralzoneshow at gmail.com. So hopefully we still get some some listener input and hopefully they know that we uh, we haven't forgot about them. We just are going to have to wait until we're all in the same place again
1: to do it. Yeah, and uh, that's going to happen next week. We're going to take the neutral zone on the road. We're going to the Super Bowl in Miami, and uh, maybe I can join you for a mai tai on the beach or something. And we can record it.
2: I might need one after uh, after I drive down from Orlando.
1: <laughs> yeah, you're just staying in Florida, huh?
2: Yeah, yeah, two week trip. It's it's going to be a long one, but yeah i brought
1: my uh i brought my swim
2: trunks and i brought a couple books
1: yeah it must be tough Uh, a two-week trip all expenses paid by the denver broncos in florida yeah uh
2: yeah i can't really complain about that but um but my wife sure can so
1: yeah that makes sense that makes sense shout out to ben's wife
2: yeah 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 yeah, it's it's tough being away so uh you know
1: she's putting up with it that's that's uh that's good. Well uh we hope you say stay uh, say, stay safe down there in Florida and uh uh we'll meet up with you down in Miami. Thanks so? Phil. looking forward to seeing you. All right, our thanks to uh Ben Swanson for joining us over the phone uh very busy from a chilly Orlando.
0: It was cold down there. Was he tall enough to ride Space Mountain? I know they have very strict standards. Well, you know, he like, said that uh, you must Sut- be this tall, or you can't ride.
1: He said that uh, Sutton went to Harry Potter World, mm. and I was like, "Oh, come on! You should have gone with him."
0: You're a, wiz- you're a wizard, Swanson.
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh, Swanson, uh, we mentioned there at the end that uh, he's heading down to Miami. We'll also be going down there as well. Uh, well. We'll meet up with him.
3: Oh,
0: we're gonna see him.
1: Yeah, I think so. Oh, a long is- two weeks for uh, the a weary traveler the uh podcast supervisor and training or <laughs> try, try out yeah so uh, well, you excited to go to Miami?
0: I think so. I think we're going to meet up with Pitbull. I think so. Yeah. Mr. Pitbull, Worldwide.
1: Uh Shakira.
0: Yeah. I believe and then also Jlo. J-Lo. Yeah, yeah. Of course.
1: Yeah, that should be pretty that should be interesting I think, I guess. Yeah.
0: Um yeah, should be could be another big week for the Broncos or not playing, but uh obviously some some connections down there, you know, you've got Kyle Shanahan, son of Mike Shanahan, coaching the Super Bowl. You've got Ring of Famer John Lynch as the GM. And then, uh, you know, John Lynch and Steve Atwater could go into the Hall of Fame. So it could be a nice weekend for John.
1: Yeah, it could be a nice little uh, one night uh, nod to the Hall of Fame and then the next night uh, win the Super Bowl. That Wouldn't Probably be. a nice little weekend yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if and, that uh, happens.
0: You know, it's, it's hard to predict uh, how these Hall of Fame things go, but – the way the first ballot at least appears is you've got Troy Polamalu, you've got Reggie Wayne. Patrick Willis didn't, he? W- I thought he was going to make the Hall of Fame as a first ballot guy. He didn't make the list of finalists. So you've got potentially two uh, first ballot guys that could get in, which means that of those remaining 13 finalists, you've got three spots. We think Steve was near the top of the list last year that maybe barely just missed the cut. So I think we're all hoping that he can snag one of those three spots and get in.
1: Yeah, hoping for some momentum there for uh, Steve. You know, obviously, we're friends with Steve. He, we work with him, so we're a little bit biased. But uh, in my opinion, a lot of these uh, modern-day safeties wouldn't be where they were, where they are, if it wasn't for a guy like Steve. So even John Lynch has talked about how, you know, he watched a lot of tape of Steve and tried to model his game after a guy like Steve. Last year, Ed Reed said the same thing. Hey, you know, Steve was a guy I looked up to, and I'm sure that Troy Polamalu probably feels very similar, too. So uh, hoping that uh, there's some momentum for Steve. I think that it helps that he's uh, been doing a lot more with the media. He's been working with us a lot, and hopefully uh, if we're in that hotel room, we, we hear a knock on the door.
0: You, uh, you spent enough time with Phil Milani— your clout starts to go up. Yeah, exactly. You had good places. Exactly. You know?
1: I was like, Steve, you just stick with me, and everything right. will be okay.
0: Right. We'll get you. So, yeah. <laughs> I'll tell David Baker myself.
1: Exactly. So, uh, hopefully, that's a good weekend. I mean, uh, I think that Steve's resume speaks for itself. Uh, won two Super Bowls there toward the end of his career. Uh, hard hitter, first-round pick. I mean, all-decade team kind of guy. So.
0: And I think he's one of only two people on that all decade team that are not in the hall of fame so you know uh for whatever reason has been overlooked but these last few years he's been a this is the third time he's a finalist and all three of those have come I think within the last five years so obviously some momentum building recently but just gotta get over that hump and yeah once once you're in nobody cares how long it took for you to get in or or where you were on that list or anything like that. once you
1: cross the threshold that's all that matters exactly so I know that uh, Steve is very reserved. He doesn't like talking about it very much, but uh, we're here to hype him up. So uh, hopefully that's a good weekend, and uh, we'll be down there trying to catch up with all kinds of Broncos players. Uh, alumni might be down there we'll try to catch up with, and then also a lot of current Broncos players down there along Media Row. So uh, hopefully we'll have a chance to uh, get some updates on how their offseason's been going.
0: You never, you never know who you're going to run into at the Super Bowl.
1: Exactly, exactly. And uh, it's going to be in Miami. I'm sure that it's going to be a, a big party. Yes. Are you going to pack your speedo?
0: As opposed to what?
1: No, I mean just. I wasn't h- planning on. I, I wasn't planning
0: bring. on bringing shorts or uh, pants. Just speedos. Well, you know that kind of that bore out that bore Bored out outfit. Yeah, yeah, the singlet. Yeah, I thought that could be yes. nice. That could be nice. Yeah. Maybe some rollerblades. <laughs> Yeah, you got to get around Miami Beach somehow. Exactly. Yeah, in the room with Steve Atwater wearing the Borat singlet as David <laughs> Baker knocks on the door.
1: Surprise. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and uh, make sure you don't forget your sunscreen. I don't that wear could sunscreen. A, uh, that could be, with your complexion, no. I'm pretty tan. Italian. Yeah, I don't need yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, my, Just uh, soak in the sun. Exactly.
0: I just get a nice bronze. That's nice. Oh, yeah?
1: Yeah. So we'll probably be down on the beach for most of the days there, just relaxing. Right. Well, I think and this year then... they're
0: doing media row stuff at night. You know, from like Perfect. nine nine p.m. till four a.m. You know, they're just trying yeah. to do it in like the Miami style. Exactly. Um, exactly. But yeah, we'll have to uh, it... soak up the sun a little bit, as Cheryl Crow would say.
1: <laughs> and you spent some time down there, so we'll be uh, relying I on have, you.
0: Yeah. Back in the day. Yeah. Back in my younger days. Yeah. Exactly. Spent some time with the Miami Herald. Exactly.
1: Uh, So heading to the Super Bowl next week. And then uh, also, as we record this, we just heard uh, Eli Manning's retirement press conference. Uh, Had a chance to catch up with former Broncos quarterback Peyton Manning. uh, Asked him a a bunch of different things, uh, including where he thinks uh, Eli ranks among some of the NFL greats of all time. You know, a lot of talk about uh, his Hall of Fame credentials. Here's what uh, Peyton Manning had to say about that.
3: To me, it's the time to look back and reflect. Everybody else wants to look ahead and have this debate, and I understand that's just the world we live in, but uh, I know Eli uh, doesn't think like that, and I I don't think like that either, but uh, I certainly have my strong feelings and opinions on it that uh, um, when you're the Super Bowl MVP uh, twice, uh, against the greatest dynasty of all time, the New England Patriots, Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, and you join a, a list that includes Terry Bradshaw, Bart Starr, Tom Brady, Joe Montana, Eli Manning as the only Super Bowl MVPs, that kind of, I, I, I don't really know what that term, drop the mic, is, but I guess if there was one, if, if I had a, maybe, you know, there really is no yeah, but after that, that that, kind of, that kind of ends it and, but if you want a yeah, but, yeah, but he also started 220 plus consecutive games, he, you know, sixth or seventh all time in touchdowns, I mean, it wasn't like he just played those two seasons, I mean, he also, you know, just answered the bell, you know, played his butt off, won some huge games for his team, and so uh, I have strong opinions on it, but Kind of per, uh, I'm going to pull an Eli. I'm going to kind of live in the present right now and not, uh, uh, and kind of look back a little bit, if you will, and not you know look too far ahead, not get you know too worried about it.
1: All right. So, what do you think about that, Erica? He said, you know, obviously brought up the fact that he's one of a handful of two-time Super Bowl MVPs.
0: Only five ever. Yeah. You, you know, I think that is what a handful means. Five. Um, hand. I think you, you could, could
1: count on one hand. Yeah. There, maybe that was a better but that way could to say be it.
0: five or fewer. You know, got it. Got like it. you can count one on one hand. That is true. Yeah. Okay, one of five. Or if you had six fingers. That's true. Then you know that yeah. could be different too. That's true. Uh, you, you know, I think there's a lot of debate right now, just naturally because he's retiring. Is Eli Manning a Hall of Famer? And you know, you can you can have your opinions. He, you know, he never won an MVP. He was never you know tremendous the way that Peyton was or Tom Brady or Drew Brees. Um, but then you look at those two Super Bowl MVPs and so I think both sides have good arguments but I also think the argument is kind of silly because he's going to make the Hall of Fame
1: yeah I just think that uh you know sometimes you get into all these advanced statistics and you look at all this and that the bottom line is that he led an iconic NFL franchise in the Giants to two Super Bowl victories and uh he I believe that he was an underdog in seven – or he won seven playoff games as an underdog. He got his team to rally around him. He made big-time game – you know, at the end of the game, th- big throws. You know, uh, the David Tyree helmet catch, that would have never happened if he wouldn't have been able to escape the pocket the way he did. So uh, he be- he was able to beat the New England Patriots the way he did twice. I mean, uh, I just think that when you – look at the entire career just from a from a just a if you just
0: observe what he did I think he's a Hall of Famer right and is he going to be the best quarterback in the Hall of Fame probably not but you cannot write the history of the NFL without Eli and I mean at the end of the day the Hall of Fame is a museum he should be in there I mean if a guy like Joe Namath is in there exactly Eli should be exactly but I just I mean I have no doubt that he'll make it you know just he's garnered so much goodwill and you know, there's no character clause, there's no morality clause for the football Hall of Fame like there is in baseball. But I do think if you're a good guy and you handle the media properly, you know, that that helps you. And nobody is sitting back thinking like, "Man, Eli was a terrible guy." No, like, he, people he, love him. Yeah, and he—that uh, only helps. Yeah, they you
1: know uh, they announced on Friday morning that uh, they're going to retire his jersey. He's going to go into the Giants Hall of Fame immediately next year. Um, So, obviously, he's a giant through and through. Uh, Played all 16 years of his career there. Uh, We heard so much about his toughness. He started more than 200 consecutive games in a row. Uh, I believe that's the second longest streak in NFL history behind Brett Favre. So, you're talking about a tough guy. His teammates rallied around him. And, ultimately, he led the team to two Super Bowls. So, uh, a a cool day to be able to celebrate Eli Manning's career.
0: And, and Peyton's comments to you were just awesome he covered a whole bunch of stuff i mean we played one there but worth going to com and, and listening to the rest of it um
1: you could also read it i know yeah, that I you transcribed uh, report,
0: you reported on that it's, there and it, transcribing it cool. peyton manning difficult because he talks fast and a he lot. packs a lot into like a minute of peyton manning is maybe like three minutes of drew lock uh, honestly uh it is worth reading the transcription because like you just said,
1: sometimes you miss like a little things when you're just listening to him to talk about it. And then when you go back and read what he has to say, you're like, Whoa, I it, it kind of carries a little bit more when you
0: read it in my opinion. Yeah, and there were I mean, there were some cool moments. He said he loved him as a brother but but admired him as a quarterback for, you know, his toughness, his leadership, the way he handled things. He talked about how Eli was his favorite quarterback behind it. His dad, Archie, and Dan Marino, and then I thought,
1: "Yeah, how do you feel about that?" His brother is number three, b- behind Dan Marino.
3: <laughs> I mean, that's a yeah, sneak he in grew Dan up, Marino. He grew up right. watching
1: Dan Marino, probably right. Well, Dan Marino is one bad dude. Yeah, exactly. We know that, As, especially <laughs> of all the dudes that are like alive still,
0: he's who who have moved. ever been alive. Yeah, yeah, he's he, he's a he's, bad one. Yeah, he is a bad one. Um, and then maybe my favorite story is Peyton was telling you about how when he used to drive Eli to school after Cooper had gone off to college, uh, you know, those two got to spend a lot of time together. And he said, Eli would just sit in the front seat of the car, not say a single word. They drive by the exit to his school. Eli wouldn't even be like, Peyton, you're supposed to turn there. And Peyton would be like, what are you doing?
1: Yeah, exactly. Funny. Just, uh, he talked about Eli in that way a lot because he just said, he's just like a cool dude. Uh, he said that, uh, at his pro day, he was thrown for all these NFL scouts. And, uh, Another quarterback tried to tag on to that so that he could throw in front of these NFL scouts and Peyton said that's the kind of thing that would have drove him crazy. But Eli was unfazed and uh, you almost have to have that kind of attitude to survive that New York market.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, Peyton's talking about how it would have bugged him. It clearly still bugs him yeah, exactly. seventeen years later because he yep. brought it up. He still sounded annoyed <laughs> at that guy. And it's cool that how. Uh, you gotta Peyton, find out who that is. Peyton was
1: there for a lot of that stuff to help Eli through that. And obviously, when Eli came into the league, there was so much talk about how he wanted to, didn't want to play for the Chargers, and he, uh, you know, executed that trade. Ernie Acorsi made the move for him there, and, uh, you know. Uh, just uh, nice that Peyton, as a big brother, was able to help guide uh, his little brother like that.
0: Yeah, I think we got to see kind of... Peyton got a little emotional, but it was just very human, you know, because when you're talking about your little brother, I think however poised you want to be or however careful about the words you want to choose, like, there's just some feelings that you can't help but share, and I'm sure for Peyton it must be really cool to, to see Eli be able to end things the right way, and, you know, he got that final game... Uh, with the Giants, where he got to run off the run out of a tunnel at home and win his final start, like it wrapped up about as well as it possibly could have.
1: Yeah, I think so too. Uh, uh, and Eli even mentioned that in his uh, speech there that he'll ha- be able to treasure that moment. So uh, a cool deal there for Eli. So uh, make sure you check out that interview or uh, at least read uh, what Eric was able to write about that uh, because uh,
0: some touching stories there,
1: including something about a, an atomic wedgie. That's. Yeah. That's
0: true. Really funny to I mean, I won't spoil it, I'll make people go read, but really funny to imagine uh Peyton Manning in that situation.
1: Exactly. Because at the end of the day, like you think of them as like sort of this iconic football family but they're still just brothers and
0: like a normal family, right? What was that? Com- I think it was an ESPN commercial yeah, where we're they were touring. Uh, yeah, they're, they're touring Sports them. Center and you know, yeah, he's kicking them. It's, and I Archie's even, turning around like you two, stop it right now.
1: I heard uh, Peyton did another interview and uh, he said something that uh, when Eli and him go out to dinner, they still make Archie pay. <laughs> <laughs> even though uh, uh, Eli finishes his career as the highest-paid NFL player of all time. And Peyton is number two. Yeah, it's kind of
0: interesting that uh, Eli ranked ahead of Peyton. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not really sure I even understand how that is. Uh, Just the way the contracts worked or something. Yeah.
1: But it does go to show you that if you came into the league during that era as a first overall pick, you really made a lot of money because just from football alone, like if you compare Peyton Manning to Tom Brady, it's not even close. Oh, sure. So it is interesting
0: to think about that and now it'll uh, when Patrick Mahomes signs a, oh, uh, gosh. Reset, 80 it just million resets dollar. the market every year you know, what, so. one funny story Phil you know down in Mobile you've got all these it's kind of an interesting crowd you know because you've got a lot of people um, who work for websites that wouldn't normally be credentialed for a game that are down blogs there. yeah you could say that um but then you've also got all these fans you know like if you're a diehard fan you go to mobile alabama and a lot you go of to the autograph season. seekers exactly and w- w- two of these guys i was listening to it talk to a security guard while i was waiting to talk to john and they were like what do you think brady's going to do next year you think he's going to go to the raiders you think he's going to go to the chargers he said yeah i think he's going to go to the raiders i heard they're going to pay him 100 million dollars and the guy was like, really? "Oh, for like three years." And he said, "No, for one year." Uh-huh. And, I, and I was like, "Oh, he heard that, huh?" A hundred million dollars <laughs> like, for one year. Maybe Mayock told him that. It's possible. That's <laughs> <laughs> possible. Yeah. It,
1: that will be one of the big storylines this off season is what happens with Tom Brady because shift the whole landscape. And especially if he, there's been a lot of talk Raiders, a lot, even more talk. I think Vegas odds have him the number one destination, the Chargers either both way. of those teams in the Broncos
0: division would be fun. So uh, I mean that would that would instantly add some uh I mean hey, is there a chance that maybe you know the Broncos are in a primetime game against Tom Brady and the Chargers that's I mean that's that's intriguing. But if he goes to the Chargers, where does Philip Rivers go? How does that affect where Derek Carr goes, Jameis Winston, you know, Tom Tom Brady's decision, well, especially take the market, especially yeah. if he makes it early? Yeah, he's going to affect where 10 quarterbacks go.
1: I'm not sure how you feel about this, Eric, but the idea of playing Tom Brady twice a year and then Patrick Mahomes twice a year, um, I don't know if I'm a huge fan of that. Got it. <laughs> but uh, it, it is certainly uh, something that could keep you up at night.
0: I, uh, I'm not afraid of Tom Brady. Oh, really? Yeah.
1: Okay, so you're on record as saying that he's washed up and that he's done. Um, it's uh, over? Is that what you're I saying?
0: don't think he's washed up. I just I don't think he's a top five guy anymore. So I'm like,
1: saving the breaking news for the end the show. I'm
0: just much more afraid of playing Patrick Mahomes twice a year than playing Tom Brady. Got it. Well,
1: it just depends on what kind of weapons I think are around Tom. He didn't exactly have a star-studded lineup around him.
0: If I were Tom, I would think about how much success I've had with Bill Belichick how he's been able to keep, I mean, the Patriots roster wasn't all that great this year, and they still made the playoffs, you know, they won their division. I'd be thinking about that and then think, if I go to a team without Bill Belichick, do I want to take the risk that things could go really badly? Because, say things—say you go back to New England for one more year and you don't win a Super Bowl, you've got the excuse of, hey, this team's still not great. Whereas if you go to a, a team that's got talent, like say the Raiders, a lot of young talent, and things don't go well there.
1: Yeah, then it's on you. Yeah, because there's this whole debate if, like, Tom Brady is the reason why Patriots have had so much success or is it Bill Belichick. Right. And then if you separate those two, you're going to know one way or the other. So that'll be really interesting. And in general, I think, Eric, this is a really interesting time for the NFL because I, I think that if you looked at last weekend's games, the championship round, it was the first time in nearly forever that there wasn't a Peyton Manning, Ben Roethlisberger,
0: or uh, tom brady in that playing on that sunday yeah since 2002 was the last time that one of those three guys wasn't in the afc championship
1: and i think that you're starting to see a new wave of quarterback class really start to take over the nfl you're talking about uh in the super bowl obviously uh, jimmy garoppolo and patrick mahomes but you're talking about guys like deshaun watson and just the league is going through a little bit of a change here. Drew Locke. Maybe Drew Locke uh, coming up. But guys like Eli Manning are retiring. Phillip yep. Rivers has a big decision to make here. Uh, you know, there was reports that, and I think he confirmed this, that he moved his whole family to Florida, yep.
0: uh, which is interesting. It's just it's it's rare that you get kind of this many guys – at once that are kind of reaching that final season or retirement. And I think because you had three tremendous players in Roethlisberger, uh, Manning, and Rivers all come out of the same draft class. Then you have Brady, who's played well past when you thought he would. Aaron Rodgers is another guy. You've got Drew Brees. who's I think he said today he's either going to go to the Saints or retire. But So you've got kind of five or six guys that could all could like perhaps either retire or or go to another team with the exception of Breeze. And so that's kind of where um, it becomes interesting is that this is somehow, somehow all lined up in a way that we haven't really seen maybe ever.
1: And the Rivers thing is really interesting because uh, when the Chargers moved from San Diego to Los Angeles, he made a big point about staying in the San Diego community and, you know, uh, he infamously... Drove back and forth and did this film study in this van, you know, and because he didn't want to move his family. So the fact that he's now uprooted his family, moved to Florida across the entire United States, big deal in my opinion.
0: Well, and he still wants to play, but he just, even from watching him in 2018 when we went there and when he came here to watching him in 2019. He, d- he didn't look like the same guy. I don't and know the if you Charges the were not, really close two years ago, so this the, last year. And that year. team's still loaded. I think that's yeah. why maybe if it could appeal to a Brady where, you know, you've got Keenan Allen, you've got Melvin Gordon and Austin Eckler. Plus you've the got L.A. Joey, market. Yeah, you've got Joey Bosa, you've got Derwin James, Adrian Phil. Like, those guys are good, good. players. Yeah. Maybe they would scare me with Tom Brady. Yeah,
1: see? Uh, and, of course, that L.A. market, we've seen how that's able to woo stars from all sports. So uh, that could be a potential landing.
0: His buddies, uh, Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, are out there probably, huh? Yeah, see? They just moved Boston.
1: They could just go to the Boston area.
0: Yeah, West Boston. Relocated.
1: But it is going to be interesting to see how the landscape in the NFL changes this offseason because...
0: And we're we're close. I mean, we're a month and a half away from that
1: being reality. Yeah. So uh, really interesting. But... uh, I think that's going to do it for uh, this episode of The Neutral Zone. Uh, we'll be taking this thing on the road next week, heading down to the Super Bowl in Miami. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, before we go, any shout-outs? Shout-out Liz Maness. Shout-out Liz Manis, of course. Got engaged. She got engaged. Congratulations to uh, Liz, her fiancé. Yeah, he, he doesn't need to be named. This is It's just a Liz. This is a Liz. Liz kind of only. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So but, uh, really happy to for her. them and uh, their families. <sighs> Big. We were both uh, present there.
0: Well, yeah, we and got a document everything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you weren't you weren't thrilled with my video recording. Yeah, that's we why gave I gave you s-
1: an opportunity to capture <laughs> something, and uh, you know, yeah, you didn't like. That it. That was a good learning experience. Let's put yeah. it that way.
0: When next time she gets engaged, I'll try again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it happens. It, a nice it happens every world. now and then. Seven so, years usually. Exactly. So next time, Liz, I'll do better. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's why I kind of stick to the writing. Exactly.
1: You know? Exactly. And I can't wait to see
0: what you wrote about it. Yeah, it'll be on DenverBroncos.com.
1: Maybe a poem or something. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Maybe a haiku. A haiku. That and could be nice.
0: Do haiku. Exactly. Like I think King. that's uh, probably trademarked. Yeah. Sorry. Oh, my apologies. Sorry, Peter.
1: Legal. Please don't. Uh, yeah. Don't listen to this part. <laughs> <laughs> please Please. You probably shouldn't listen at all. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, anything else you wanted to say here before we wrap things up? I don't think so. Okay, I think that that's probably going to do it then. So, uh, yeah, we'll be t- we'll pack up Live all of our beach. equipment, uh, pack <laughs> up the whole studio, yeah. and we'll uh, somehow uh, make our way to Miami, rejoin Ben Swanson. And, Thank uh, goodness I've missed him. Maybe uh, you'll hear some ambient wave noises next week. Yeah, or it'll be
0: like yeah.
1: We could do it from the club. From Yeah, and I can neither confirm nor deny. If J Lo will be on the show next right. week,
0: so they always host a nice little shindig for the media, and they do. Per sources, we think it might be on a cruise ship.
1: Yeah, so, so
0: if <laughs> so we survive that, yeah, maybe we'll there bring won't, you won't you a be b- a podcast <laughs> next
1: week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, yeah, be on the lookout. Uh, hopefully, we can catch up with some uh, current Broncos and have them join us here on the show. Maybe could be a nice change of pace. That'd be nice. So. Uh, our thanks for uh, Ben to Ben Swanson for uh, joining us, calling in from a uh, chilly Orlando. Uh, that's going to do it for us. For Eric Dalala, I'm Phil Milani. You've been listening to the, the Neutral, Neutral
0: Zone.